Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jalenta. Yes, Kristen. You know that one subject you avoid even more than money? Well, if I avoid it, I probably don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about death. Death, my friend. What about it? Okay, nice job not even making eye contact with me. You don't even want to look at me when we talk about death. I just, well, it just doesn't matter. Who cares? It does matter, and for the past three seasons, I've been trying to get you to agree to live by a book about death and dying, and of course, you've shot it down every time. Well, those books were dumb. No, they were not dumb, and you know what? It's time to stop avoiding the inevitable. What inevitable? I'm never going to die. It's not. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's not a problem. You know what? You are going to die, and I'm going to die. It's just a part of life, and I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And we're going to do this because... This is by the book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is The Art of Dying Well, A Practical Guide to a Good End of Life by Katie Butler. Katie Butler is an award-winning journalist, public speaker, and best-selling author. She was born in South Africa and moved to the U.S. as a young girl. As an adult, she began what would become a very successful career as a journalist, writing for publications like the San Francisco Chronicle, The New Yorker, Mother Jones, and Scientific American. In 2010, she wrote an article for the New York Times magazine that went viral. The article was about the difficulties her family faced as she lost her father. It remained on the Times' most emailed list for over a month, won the Science and Society Prize from the National Association of Science Writers, and became the subject of her first book, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Since then, she's continued her study of death and dying, and in February 2019, she released her second book, The Art of Dying Well, A Practical Guide to a Good End of Life. In The Art of Dying Well, Butler argues that we can all have a good death. But in order to do that, we need to take practical steps while we're still alive, ranging from conversations with those we love to planning legally, logistically, and emotionally for the end. Along the way, she shares stories of those who've died their own versions of good deaths, those who haven't, and those who help others to reach the end with dignity and comfort. 
Her hope is that this book will encourage us not to be intimidated by doctors, to be experts in our own lives, and make our voices heard. Above all, she hopes that her book will help us shape our lives and deaths in ways that reflect what matters most to us. Here's how you do it. Step one, resilience. If you or someone you care about is still healthy, now is the time to reverse developing health problems and identify potential future issues. Get to know your neighbors, make friends with people of other ages, and foster existing relationships, as loneliness can be a health risk as we age. Create a daily spiritual practice, whatever that means to you. Think about what you want your legacy to be beyond your individual striving. Pick a medical advocate, sign a durable power of attorney for health care, set up a living will or advanced directive, and make sure your family is on the same page as you. Step two, slowing down. If you or someone you care about is starting to notice the physical decline of aging, simplify your life and use your precious energy to do what matters most to you. Put bills on auto pay, declutter, and so on. Make sure at least one of your doctors knows every medication you're on and whether any are unnecessary or incompatible with other drugs you take. Learn to make peace with loss, whether it's the loss of a job you once enjoyed or loved ones who've died. Above all, guard your brain by staying away from anticholinergics, which are in drugs like Benadryl, as they increase your risk of dementia. Step three, adaptation. If you or someone you care about finds that health challenges are becoming more the norm, plan for further disability financially and logistically. Safeguard yourself against falls with Pilates, yoga, Tai Chi, or other classes. Familiarize yourself with the rules of Medicaid. If you want to age at home, consider moving to a small, low-maintenance place within walking distance of good public transportation, stores, coffee shops, and a health club. Explore resources in your community and get comfortable asking for help and develop outside passions. Step four, awareness of mortality. If you or someone you care about is in the early stages of an incurable disease or a vital organ issue, pause before making any major medical decisions. Ask your doctor to be frank with you about the trajectory of your illness with and without treatments. Also ask what it will be like to die of your illness. Then ask yourself, what activities and capacities make your life worth living? What are your greatest fears and regrets? And given that your time may be short, how do you want to spend it? Step five, house of cards. If you or someone you care about is frail, don't make a bad situation worse. Avoid the hospital unless it's a true emergency, as risk of infections and injuries for the frail increase there. Rely instead on home health aids and house calls if possible. And upgrade your advanced directives, making clear whether you want comfort measures only, limited treatments, or full treatments at the end of life. Step six, preparing for a good death. If you or someone you care about is reaching the end of life, ask yourself, what does a good death mean to you? Are there people you do or don't want to see at the end? What might help your survivors feel at ease after you're gone? How do you want your life commemorated, and what do you want to happen to your body after death? If you live in a state that allows death-hastening prescriptions and want them, make arrangements. If you want to die within the comfort of hospice, which the book recommends, solidify plans. Step 7. Act of Dying If you or someone you care about is about to die, Familiarize yourself with what dying looks like under the circumstances. Whether the death is taking place at home or elsewhere, add comfort and humanity to the setting with photos, flowers, music, or open windows. Prioritize pain management. Keep the dying person clean, comfortable, and in the company of loved ones. And perform any rites of passage the dying person has requested, whether a blessing, a reading, or something else. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. 
All right, Kristen, since you love death so much, will you please go first and tell me about your first week of living by the art of dying well? Yes. Yes, I will do that. And I don't love dying, but I do try to accept it. But we'll get more into that in a bit. So that was a bit of a judgment, and I like it. I like (laughs) the sight of you. How'd you start? All right. I started with step one, resilience. I began by assessing my friend circle. The book says we should have friends of all ages. And fortunately, as you know, Jolenta, my friends swing about 20 years in either direction of Mm -hmm. me. And, I mean, what it comes down to is I decided I just needed to lock down their friendships till death. Lock it down. Yes. And here I am with my husband, Dean, and our friends, Paul and Sudi, trying to lock it down. Nice. I mean, I just hope when I'm 88, I have a bunch of, like, 45-year-olds who want to hang out with me because I want to hang out with 88-year-olds. Not that much younger, but we'll still be around. Yeah, we'll see you through your 60s. 80s is strange. Okay, so I know this is a huge commitment to ask, but can we all be friends in 50 years? Yes. And then we can all hang out. And you guys are like 15 years younger than me, but we can still be friends then, right? Absolutely. Okay, okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Kristen, I love it. I like that you're just going to propose to all your friends now. Lock it down. Gotta lock it down. Um, and yeah, I think I, when I think of you, I think of you as someone who has a very diverse group of friends in age, in every way, shape, or form. Your wedding was like a freaking Benetton commercial from the early 2000s. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. That is such a good compliment. You're and welcome. Hopefully You're welcome. it'll be like that until the end. Nice. Uh, what'd you do after that? After that, Dean and I talked about what we want our legacies to be. And neither of us actually had to give up much thought. We knew, which was nice. Nice. Listen. I'd like for, um, I guess, a lot of people to have learned something. And when I go, to think fondly of something they learned when they were working with me or hanging out with me or, I don't know, I feel like I, I want to be, te- be known as a teacher of some kind. That'd be kind of awesome. What about you, honey? Well... I think it would be nice if my legacy is kindness. I'd like to think that somebody in the world, or lots of people ideally, think, oh, she made my life a little better. She taught me to be a little kinder to myself. Or she brought some sunshine to the world. Or she was so helpful. She did good. I don't need to leave the planet where people think I was the smartest person or the most accomplished person. Oh, no. But no. I would really love it if I left the world and the kindness that I had put out there continued to exist beyond me after I'm gone, if that kindness still existed because it's still in somebody's heart that's still alive or it's somebody in somebody else's heart after that where they passed it on to somebody else. That was beautiful, and I'm going to cry, and you and Dean are already doing that. You guys are crushing your legacies. Oh, thank you. I really hope so. I really truly, I truly think you are. Like, I just think of you guys as both, like, very nurturing, loving, giving people, like, always up for helping someone improve their life, whether that's by, like, taking them out for a drink or, like, you know, overhauling their existence and really, like, helping them. Like, you guys are just, oh, 
Thank you, Jolenta. Thank you. <laughs> What'd you do next? Stop it. Stop. <laughs> well, after that, we moved along to step two, slowing down. And I made sure that at least one of my doctors knew all the medications I'm on. And nice. for me, that's pretty easy. The only medications I really take are gynecological. So my mm-hmm. gynecologist knows all of those. Yeah. Um, but I also did some research on how we can dispose of all the Benadryl in our house. And I found out that across the U.S., mm-hmm. there are drug take-back locations oh, that yeah. you can drop any drugs off at. But there's like every – like I see them at the pharmacy all the time. Oh, my God. I oh, had no yeah. idea. And we have a lot of Benadryl in our house. I have to admit I've used a lot of Benadryl I in just, my life. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I ignored that part of the step because I was like, just, shut, just don't tell me what medicine to take. Okay. All right. But you, I just you don't think have it's to. funny that – I can imagine you running around being like, get the Benadryl! I was doing that. Yes, I was. I was doing Um, that. (laughs) Amazing. So after you got rid of your Benadryl, Kristen, how did you end your first week? All right. So the book says to try to become comfortable with loss. So Dean and I discussed the death of his dad and my mom. Both of them, before we ever met each other, coincidentally died a little over 10 years ago. Mm. And so we just really hunkered down and talked at length about it. How did you feel when your dad died about the kind of death that he had? Um, shocked. Um, horrified for my mom. Um, so sad and alone because I was in another country. Panicked about getting there in time for the funeral. Worried for how my mom was going to cope or deal with it. All kinds of things. What about you, hun? Um, My mom, it absolutely seemed way too early. And I was shocked and I feel so unbelievably lucky that, I mean, my... I was able to make a flight to get to the hospital. My flight was delayed, and I still to this day, I think about this woman on the plane who I was sitting next to, and I wish I remembered her name. She knew the flight was delayed, and when her husband picked her up at the airport, she said, please drive this woman to the hospital so she can see her mom. Oh, that's so sweet. And and I got to tell her I loved her. Oh, I'm glad, hon. But that's I just, horrible. she never woke up again after right. that. That's so sad and sweet. It's. I didn't know you guys really had sad. that in common. That's so. Yeah, and we're lucky. We have friends who lost their parents when they were still kids, right. who were yeah. teenagers when they lost their parents, yep. and so we got to live all the way through adulthood with our parents. But mm. it's sad and it hurts. But I think it's important to talk about it, and I think it's important that we're reminded that none of us are really alone in totally. our pain. It's such a universal experience that we really try to, like, hide, yeah. I think. And it's yeah. nice to be like, oh, my God, like, this guy I live with and is exactly what I've been through. Like, yeah, Aw. absolutely. And, you know, it's not like that was our first time talking about it, but right. it was really – it was good for the purpose of this book just mm-hmm. to really put our heart into the process of talking about loss. Yeah, and how – and just sort of remembering how it affects the people who 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 love the person who is lost and, and like, how do you – like move forward and and what do you want to do differently or the same it's just it's a good thing to talk about yeah but but enough about me Jolent. enough about no. me I, I really am <laughs> dying to hear about your first week oh of living my. by the art of dying well oh you're dying to hear I about am. it don't think I, I didn't hear I that am. I don't am. think I didn't hear that 
sad little joke. You just love my puns. I do. I do. <laughs> I cannot get enough of them. Uh, you right. just did. So, Krista, you know this, but our listeners don't. I started uh, my first week living by this book with a with a new trick of mine, which I'm sure is going to become an instant classic. The second I finished reading the book, I uh, shot off this email, and Kristen, it may sound a little familiar to you. Take a take a listen. Hey, Kristen, this book is really interesting, but I'm a little worried about how to live by it. It seems like mainly only the first chapter is applicable for us. I'm kind of at a loss as to how to configure the steps. Let me know what you're thinking. And I know that email, Jolenta Greenberg. I'm very familiar with that mm-hmm, email. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started week one by trying to quit the book. Oh, yes, you sure did. Yes, you sure did. But... I am going to give myself major credit here because mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. in the history of our show, of me <laughs> trying to make you live by death books, I got you to do it. Yeah. You laid down the law. You talked me into it. You're like, <laughs> I see a way we can do this all. Shut up. And I was like, <laughs> fine. Fine. Okay. But let's let's get to what's at the heart of all this. Right. Why did you want to avoid this book so badly? And why up until now have you vetoed every book about death and dying I've come up with? I see. Say it's because it's boring, and I'm gonna stick with that. Because honestly, I don't, I don't know, and I'm kind of disappointed because I feel like it's a little basic to be like, I avoid death, like fuck that. I, I, I tackle any topic head on, especially the like nitty gritty ones. But I like, I'm just like, yeah, we all die, whatever, get over it, moving on. That's sort of how I feel. I'm like, I I don't care. Like life's over when it's over. Nothing matters. I think a lot of people feel like that, but that's why I wanted us to live by a book that forces us to. Give more time and heart to it. I really do. I know. I know. And it makes a lot of sense. And that makes me frustrated with you. (laughs) All right. Well, what did you do after you got over the initial trying to weasel your way out of it? Right. So I decided to ease myself in. And I started with step three, which is adaptation. Because that step says you should do yoga to avoid falling when you become frail. And I already do yoga. So... That step was done. All right. So just kind of living your normal life. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay, okay. Didn't change a thing. Step three, check. All right. But did that get you at least in the mindset so you could actually do the steps that you don't do in the book? Yes. After that, I moved on to step one, which is resilience. And I did the most appealing part of that, which was creating a daily spiritual practice, of course. Mm, good, good. And how did you do that? Well, take a listen to me explaining to my partner, Brad, how I did it. It's this little thing. Well, because I'm going to die. I have to, like, take care of myself and, like, have a morning ritual. So I just made a little altar for my morning rituals to take care of... You just laughing? <laughs> just got all my special things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Tarot there's cards. My tarot cards. There's like this. This is like a great grandma's necklace. These are like a good luck charm from my mom. There's mm. my bracelet from our honeymoon. The shells from my birthday. My crystal that Melissa gave me for my something blue. A thing from my grandpa. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. All right. You know, the tarot cards and stuff. It's a little woo-woo, but... I like that you made it your own. And I like that your grandmother and grandpa were part of it, yeah, too. Yeah, I just, it's all That's my, really beautiful, like, special actually. trinkets I sort of have all over or, like, in a keepsake box. I put them in, like, all on a tray. It's just a nice little setup right by a window. And in the morning, I go and I pull a tarot card and uh, look at my special shit. And how did that make you feel? Really good. Oh, good! <laughs> 
Good. I'm yeah. so glad to hear yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, today, Kristen, I pulled the world card. Like, some big shit's going to happen, and I feel good about it. Good. I don't even know what you're talking about, yeah. but I'm happy for you. Well, good. Well, you know, we did live by a tarot book, so you think some of that would have stuck. I don't but know what's whatever. happening. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. Okay. What did you do after that? After that, I did step two, which is slowing down. Or I guess, really, my mom helped me sort of accept step two. But I think I think this will count. Okay. What, what do you mean? What happened? So, as you know, my mom is single now. And uh, she's learning to do a lot of stuff on her own for the first time. Uh, she was married for 35 years, basically, to my dad. So there's a lot of shit she doesn't do for herself. Or that's changed since she's done it for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's planning a visit to New York. Yay, Suzanne! Yes, very exciting. And she sends me this text, and she says, made an appointment to see a travel agent tomorrow to fly to NYC. I'm thinking of coming late June. That sound okay? And after I got this text, I freaked out. Hold on. Why? Why did you freak out? Because who the fuck sees a travel <laughs> agent? What? What is this? <laughs> I think Fucking I- 1980? <laughs> what are we in the Americans going to like, a, you know, Russian spy front travel agency? It's 2019. We have the internet. Why would you pay someone to do that? I can do it on my phone in my sleep for her. So I told her, I can book the flight. Don't waste the money. And then she shot me down. Oh, yeah. why? She said, I really appreciate that, but I need to get to know an agent so they can help me in the future, too. Don't you think? Ooh. So she basically, like, quoted step two in my face. Ooh. You know? She's like, hey, I'm slowing down, and things are changing, and I don't want to waste energy learning how to use a fucking JetBlue app or whatever. <sighs> so let me find someone to do it for me since I can afford it. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Even though she's technically doing the step two, I feel like I sort of embraced it and stopped fighting her when I was like, yeah, sure. Like, wow. you do you. Wow. Yeah. She's totally modeling what you should right? be doing, and you're absorbing it. Yeah. That so, works. That sounds great. Thank you, Step 2. Thank you, Mom. Uh, and that's where I ended week one. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we are back, we'll get to week two of Living by the Art of Dying Well. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high. 
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Okay, Kristen, tell me about your second week of living by the art of dying well. Did you die? Did it go well? (laughs) All right. So week two, I started with step three, adaptation. I logged onto the old YouTube.com and found some five-minute Tai Chi classes. I even tried to get Dean to do some with me. Mm -hmm. He found it super boring. But you know what? I actually enjoyed the Tai Chi enough so that I actually started to fantasize about being 75 oh. and going to the park. Like, you know how they have oh, all the older people I in the park? I just saw them do- this weekend. Yes. I want to be one of them. I feel like that is totally your speed. Also, I could see you being like the young gal hanging out with the Tai Chi group. And like, then afterward, like, let's get margaritas. Yeah. And then yeah. like, yeah, you think you're the bad influence on everyone. I can see that. <laughs> uh, what did you do after you Tai Chi'd? Oh, well, after that, Dean and I embarked on step four, awareness of mortality, uh, by talking about what really matters in life to each of us, including, you know, all the predictable things mm-hmm. like connection and love. And you, you can pretty much guess everything uh, we said. Yes, family, friendships, <laughs> hearts. All those things. And then we hit step five, house of cards. Mm. And for this, we updated our durable power of attorney for healthcare. Nice. As you may recall, back when we lived by the nine steps to financial freedom, we didn't complete this. We, oh, right. Yeah, we struggled with it because we weren't sure who to entrust with our end-of-life wishes. We mm. thought, should it be someone really young because they'll be alive, but we don't want to entrust an 11-year-old with our yeah. end-of-life stuff and so on. But, you know, that one listener wrote in and said— Right, it was like, do it for right the second. Yes, do it as if you're going to die later yeah, today. So who right now is grown up enough to deal with this. Yes, so we reworked everything. We finished— all the paperwork in, I kid you not, it just took a few minutes to it's do. It's really simple. It was yeah. really, really fast. And while we're at the office here today, remind me, I have to, have print, to print these it. out. Yep. Just kind of print them out so Dean and I can sign them in front of witnesses. But Yay. they're all set now. That is awesome. What did you do after that? After that, step six, preparing for a good death. And specifically, talking about what a good death means to me and to Dean. Most people I know want to die peacefully in their sleep, right? But uh-huh. I guess I just want the people around me not to be too traumatized. But I don't have any control over that. That's yeah, you kind of don't. I, I have no control over their reaction. But, but, I, but I would agree. That's a that's. I mean, I, I would have a similar goal. I don't want those around me to, you know, be dragged through a, a huge trauma in some way. I but do. I don't have any control of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would like to live an outstanding full life and then. Any kind of decline I have, I want it to be like Great Papa, where it was maybe two weeks where he wasn't himself. Yeah. But he was surrounded by people who loved him. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, if my faculties are no longer about me, and by that I mean if I have, like, advanced Alzheimer's in any way, I just I want to take the special pills, I want to say goodbye to everybody, and I want to go peacefully. I understand. I don't want to put people through any kind of pain. Yeah. If I can avoid it. 
Kristen, you can't control how I feel if I'm around when you die, and I'm going to be so sad. You're going to be there because you're locked down. You're stuck Oh, with me. I'm locked down. Right. We're friend married. <laughs> Shit. No, I you're have right. to look at our friend prenup to even see how I would break this. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, I can't control other people's no. pain, but I know it's inevitable when you love people and when you lose people, like, pain is just part of losing yeah. people we love. I know. I but get. I think it's so sweet that you guys talk about, like, not wanting to make it any harder on the people who are around you. Like, I'll be honest. Maybe I'm a bad person, but, like, I don't think about that. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I want this. I want that. I want this. I don't care what the person's going through us to get me this shit. Like, I'll need it. <laughs> and you guys are like, I want my loved ones to feel supported when I go. And I'm like, I want my loved ones to do everything ever. And I want to feel great. <laughs> anyway, what did you do after that? <laughs> Step seven, act of dying. I thought about what music I'd want playing while I die on my deathbed. Mm. I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton, of I course, mean, came to mind. That was one of the songs. One of the greatest. Yeah, um, which also played at my wedding. I also yeah. thought about holding my mom's and my nana's hands mm. when they died and how I'd also want that, the hands of friends and family. And when my nana died, there were too many people who loved her, so some of us had to hold her toes, and some of us Aww. had to hold her ankles, and some of us had to just set our hands on her forehead, but right. I would really like that, too. And then after thinking all of that over, Dean and I talked about what we want to happen with our remains. Do you know where you want your ashes to go? Yeah, gosh, if I go tomorrow, my immediate thought is close to my family. Okay. But then that makes things tough for where do we put you when you go I want you with me Aww. or do you want to be split up like your heart is all the time where part of you is in New Zealand and part of you is here well these logistics are getting pretty complicated you have to save quite a lot of money I used to say I wanted my ashes kind of on a rainy day nonchalantly sprinkled on the sidewalk outside a movie theater I remember that Yeah, we talked about that many years ago yeah, and so they'd wash away in the rain, and there'd be bits of me on the bottoms of people's shoes as they left a matinee where maybe they cried or laughed or saw people fall in love. And That would be amazing. And they carried me with them wherever they went after that. I really liked that idea at one point, but, yeah, I, I don't know how hard that is to do. And then again, I wouldn't be with you because that's not what you want. So, yeah, it's an ongoing conversation. I mean, just mm -hmm. the logistics of me being from Minnesota, Dean right. being from New Zealand, both of us yeah, living Dean, in Brooklyn. I want to be with family, half of which is in Brooklyn, half of which just, oh, across the world. Yeah. Like, so we're just going to keep talking about it, and we're going to keep up to date on what eco-friendly burial methods yeah. uh, start coming around in New I'm York. I'm assuming there will be more and more, too. Yes. I hope, as we age. I like, hope so. New York doesn't have a lot of options right no, now. No, not but really. Yeah, I, I mean. I want to be a tree so bad. Yeah, Washington State, you can be composted, and it mm. only takes a few months. That's incredible. Yeah, but I would love that to happen here, too. I'd love that. And is that, so is that how you ended the week with that convo? Actually, I did one last thing, because by the end of week two, I actually felt incredibly lucky. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate to have Dean to go through this with. I'm fortunate to have my friends. How lucky am I? But then it also hit me, some of my friends don't have spouses or even siblings. Mm. And in the case of my friend TJ, he also has aging parents who live in different states. Oof. And what support team do they have to help them as they plan for their deaths? And so I called up my friend TJ. 
I don't know if this is something you feel comfortable talking about or not, but yeah. or if it's comfortable to even think about it. But I love you and I want you to know I'm here for you. And if this is something you would be interested in, I want to volunteer myself to be somebody for you. Um, not the only person because you have a million people who love you. I know I'm not the only one who wants to help carry out any of your wishes and advocate for you, but I want to volunteer myself to be at least one of them if that's cool with you. Yeah, I know. That would be amazing. Um, I don't really have anybody. You know, I've been thinking about, like, you know, I probably should have some kind of will that would disperse my property, the little that I have. And, you know, having somebody around that could potentially help with all of that would be really would be really helpful. And I'd, be, I'd be happy to see that for you as well. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be about just the property. I know that logistically that's important, but just other things that emotionally are important to you, like what kind of death do you want and what kind of funeral do you want and all of those things. Those are important too. And those things aren't legal, but they're still emotionally important, right? Right, yeah. Will you be my mom too? (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. That's so cool. Well, I know, I mean, you know this as an only child and – um, you're partnered now, but all I do is yell about how like no one will have to deal with my stupid parents except me, mm, but... and I love them, but like it sucks. But you have, but a I have whole... a partner, which is great. Yeah, and you have a whole universe of friends who love you and are here for you. I'm not yeah, just, no, I you know. know, I'm not just going to be there for TJ. I'm going to be there for you. You promise? I do. You, Can we you lock are this locked down? down. Lock okay, it good, down. Good, good, good. <laughs> That's so sweet. Honestly, like, ugh. I love. I like what this book brought out in you. It's a very sweet side. Oh, Not good. that that sweet side isn't already very much at the surface. But unlike it's, it's my more. regular brutal, violent self. Yeah, I would say <laughs> unlike your already incredibly sweet, like toothache self. <laughs> okay, but enough about me, Jolenta. Yes. Let's finish this off by hearing about your second week of okay. living by the art of dying. Well, I, I want to know. If you were able to make more peace with this book, uh, if you were able whatever. to embrace the steps more. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, I started my second week with step four, which is awareness of mortality. Okay. And how did that go? It was interesting. I talked to Brad about uh, what quality of life means to him. And we learned we have very different definitions. Take a listen. Well, this book is saying also just for, like, I guess every stage of your life know what quality of life means to you. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're 80, quality of life might just mean, like, being able to read the newspaper and blah, blah, blah. But, like, right now, if you were, like, in an accident, does quality of life, like, 100% mean rock climbing or not? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you could never do it from now moving forward, like, is it worth it? Or, yeah. Yeah, like, quality of life to me, if they were, like, you'd essentially have to live like an old retired person for mm-hmm. the next 40 years, like, all you can kind of do is shuffle around your house and, like, mm-hmm. sit in a porch then, like, no, I wouldn't want to put you through that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I kind of already live that way. <laughs> I already put you through that, so. Whoops. Oh, my God, there's a porch in the future? I know. I'm like, Brad, you have a problem in this future where we apparently have a porch for the next 40 years? I like the porch. I want to be the yeah. lady sitting on the porch waving I... at all the kids and the grown-ups going by, looking at the birds. I like that porch. Yeah, I'm totally was, into it that. It was good to know and to talk about and to see like, oh, right, what I want is definitely not what Brad wants. So <laughs> I should, we should know what each other wants because like if we're going to make decisions for each other someday, we yeah. want what we want. Yes, yes. Yeah. That way Brad can help you fulfill your dreams. Exactly. And you can help him fulfill his however different they are. Yeah. 
So nice. after that, I did step six. That is preparing for a good death. And right. Um, how did you do that? Well, because my mom's probably going to die sooner than me. I was like, she should prepare for a good death. Oh! <laughs> but not really. Mainly, I should check in on her because— She's going to be a responsibility of mine. And now that her life circumstances have changed so much, I just wanted to see where she was at in in sort of like having that all squared away or if she didn't. And how did it go? Well, take a little listen. Has anything changed about like what you want done when you die now that you're divorced or is it all basically the same? Yeah, just cremated and... Cremated and then like make some sort of art jewelry out of your ashes so you, I have to wear you everywhere I go and you can haunt me. <laughs> Do you want like the bulk of you scattered anywhere? Is this written down? Like you got to think about these things, you know? I don't have any directions about being scattered anywhere. Okay. Um, I don't know, but do you have like do you have a will now drawn up that you're single? I'm, I'm not. I'm working on it. That's my estate lawyer. In fact, I have a meeting on the seventh of June. Oh, nice. Okay, so but like this is something you're like you know you're dealing with and like yeah, yeah. Okay. But- Oh, I am so glad you're checking in on her yeah. with stuff like this. I mean, I know you're checking in on her all the time, but right. I just think. These are important conversations to have, and helping your mom have these conversations will eventually help, you know, normalize it so you can have them more with yourself, too. Exactly. Like, I didn't know she had an estate lawyer, and just to hear her sort of nonchalantly be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm already working on it. I have an appointment for, like, a few weeks from now. It's like, oh, okay, like, I can do that, too. And she's setting a good example for me. That's so great. It was good. It was something I was sort of nervous to ask her about because I didn't want to be, like, nagging or be like, hey, mom, I'm waiting for you to die, or, like— Hey, mom, are you going to deal with your desk when I have to? But instead, she was like, oh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be scattered. But, like, don't worry. I have an appointment with a lawyer because I'm a big girl. Good. And what did you do after that? After that, I did step five, house of cards. Mm, And for that, I updated my advanced directive because I started thinking about the qualities of comfort and hominess that I would want around me. And for me, I realized that very much includes a dog. Oh, And I don't care where it comes from or, like, if it's mine or if it's, like, a, you know, volunteer dog or whatever. But I was, like, for me, the comforts of home include a dog. And I want an animal to be around me. I think it's, like, just good, calming energy and, like, cute things to look at. And, like, that's important enough to write down. Oh, I love that. Thank I you. love it. And it's so you. And yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why um, so many hospitals and so on have animal visits now because yeah. it does make life better. I was like, does. even like a fish, just put, put a fish in a nice bubbly tank in a room. Like, I just want something. But I mean, ideally something I can pet. That sounds nice. Um, good. Yes. Good. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, to end my week, too, I hit up Step seven, Kristen. That is active dying. Yes. And even though I'm not actively dying, or I guess I am actively dying from the second I took my first breath. And actively living. Yes. Yeah. I thought about what I would want people to do while I was passing. And I immediately thought of one of my favorite children's books. It's called Twig, and it's about a little lonely girl with a big imagination. Wonder wonder why it resonates with me. (laughs) Um. And uh, I decided, as I pass, I want someone to read to me. <laughs> and I want someone to read me the end of that book because I love it. 
Okay, I don't actually know this book. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear, hear it. it. Yeah, I brought I the it. book. I brought it. Okay, let's hear. Let's hear. So here's the book. Look how cute it is. <gasps> oh, it's from Powell's. It has a bunch of stamps about like discarded books from Beaverton <laughs> School District. Um, no, I've seen this at your house before. Yeah, I have it out on a bookshelf. And so here is the last page from Twig. Oh. Twig thought about all that had happened in her little world today. She thought about tomorrow and all that would happen then, and everything that might happen by magic. Oh, wasn't it lovely? Wasn't this a perfectly lovely end? It was like waiting for the story to begin all over again. And it was a little like something else, too. It was a little like making a wish and having the wish come true. Twig took a bite of the stick of gum and looked up into the sky. She looked and looked, and pretty soon she saw a little tiny star no bigger than a toothpaste top come out right above the backyard. She saw it come out and begin to twinkle all by itself. Why, it wasn't even evening yet. There weren't any other stars around. There was nothing around except plain, ordinary sky. But the little star kept twinkling, and somehow the sky didn't seem so plain and ordinary anymore. Why, even a little star... No bigger than a toothpaste stop made quite a difference. A little star twinkling all by itself made a difference in the whole sky. Oh. The end. Oh, that's beautiful. Nora's crying. I did my job. Nora's crying. Hold on. Who wrote Twig? Twig is by Elizabeth Orton Jones. It is the sweetest book about a little girl who builds a house for a fairy in her backyard. Oh, my God. What a beautiful note to end week two on that's so yeah. beautiful jolenta thank you thank you so um that was it and uh i guess before we get to our verdicts we should take a break but before we do that a reminder we love to hear from you our listeners have you lived by the art of dying well what do you want your legacy to be how do you want Ooh. to be remembered tell us about it share your story at kristen and jolenta at gmail.com or you can call us at 302 302- Four nine books. That's three zero two four nine two six six five seven. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May twelfth. Find tons of gifts from only thirty dollars at Nordstrom Rack: fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Okay, Kristen, it's time to get down to business. Did the art of dying well work? Do you recommend it? Did it change your perspective on death? Did it help you embrace the inevitable? Did you like it? I loved this book. 
Mm. I loved it. It had so many of the logistical things that are important about death, like questions to ask your doctor in different situations and how to make the most of your health as you get older and what happens to bodies as we age. And even who to call when someone dies. Mm, like, I think yeah. a lot of people don't even know who to call when someone dies. Totally. Like, what's the first step? Yeah. yeah. But more importantly, it had big questions that I think are important for making peace with death. And yeah. hopefully making peace with life as a result. Ooh, Kristen gets deep. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and, you know, Dean and I talked about things that we already talk about, but in a much more deliberate and purposeful way because yeah, of this Yeah, I was going to say it's more meaningful than like, hey, I'll get to know you. What's your story? Yeah. But sort of like the emotions and the sentimentality behind the experiences you've gone through. Yeah. And it also motivated me to begin that conversation with my friend TJ about what I can do to help him mm-hmm. and be a better friend to him mm-hmm. and to other people who are in my life. And it just you got know? you to lock down all those friendships. You know, you <laughs> yes. made all of them official. Yes, 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 absolutely. All those things. And, you know, obviously, I don't want to die anytime soon. But, you know, when I do, I want my loved ones to know what to do. And when my loved ones reach the end, I want them to know I'm going to follow mm-hmm. through on their wishes yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. And this book really helped me to begin thinking all these things through emotionally and logistically. And, I can't recommend this book enough. I nice. thought The Art of Dying Well was fantastic. It's a good read. What about you, Jolenta? It sounds like you're already starting to so, tell me that you yeah. like it. No, I'll admit it. This book won me the fuck oh, over. Hooray! Shut up. Yes. Uh, yes. Just look away yes. while you do your dance. <laughs> I love it. I went from trying to avoid this book to finding it tender and wonderful and a beautiful exploration of all the people I love. And I got to read a fucking book and make Nora cry. Like, (laughs) all because of The Art of Dying Well. You know, like, it brought about good conversations and important logistical conversations. Like, it covers everything from logistics to emotions. And, you know, it sort of made me excited to see how my definitions of what is important will change as I grow, you know? To, it, it's sort of an interesting way to, to sort of see where I stand. Being like, right now, I, like, need a dog in the room, and, like, I want to watch Bravo when I die. But, like, <laughs> I doubt in 20 years, maybe if I'm a mother or something by this time and, like, like things other than TV, those interests and priorities will shift. And it makes me excited to, like, see where we're going to go. And, yeah, this book was wonderful, and it enhanced my life, and I hate that you're right, but, like, it was truly delightful to explore death in this way. Like, it made it fun. Not oh. not fun, like, yay, woo, we're having a party, but, like, just had so many interesting conversations and learned, like, really wonderful things about myself and everyone around me. So, shut up. <laughs> you were right. This book was great. Verdict. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher. Nora Ritchie, who has a heart like the stars. Casey Holford, who knows that today it's possible. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos who perform it. And who knows, maybe they'll perform I Will Always Love You at My Deathbed. Mm-hmm. Kristen's already locked him down as friends, so you never know. <laughs> Please stay in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts about the art of dying well, your experiences, anything you want. You can also ask us questions and send us any suggestions 
for books to live by in the future. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at By the Book Pod. And please call us and leave us a voicemail. I want to be playing listener voicemails on all of our mini episodes. <laughs> I'm sick of reading letters. My eyes are tired. I had to get new, stronger reading glasses. I am not joking. Give us a call. Our number is 302-49-BOOKS, 302-492-6657. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It's, you know, part of their whole algorithm system. The more people who rate us and review us, it's easier for other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, please tell a friend about the show. Tell a loved one about the show. Tell somebody who would benefit from our show about our show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. All right, Kristen, since you love death so much, (laughs) let's hear about your first week living by the art of dying. Well, first of all, that's not the title of the book. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.